Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. This is episode 103, and I'm your host, Chris Sands. Today we're going to talk about the Friends of Maryland Beer political... Supporters of Maryland Brewing Pack. There we go. So thankfully there's someone in the room that knows what they're talking about. Potentially two people in the room that know what they're talking about. One of them not being me. Um, I will let the two people who know what they're talking about introduce yourselves, where you're from, and then we'll start off. Uh, I'm Avery Strachan. I live in Baltimore City. I'm a co-owner at Waverly Brewing. I'm Brendan O'Leary. I live in Gaithersburg. I'm a co-owner of True Respite Brewing Company in Rockville. All right, so now let's let's get the real actual name one more time because that's not what your Facebook page says. So I'm not going to take full responsibility. It should for the be what our Facebook wrong. page says. The supporters <laughs> of Maryland Brewing Pack. You're right. I'm an idiot. <laughs> that, that is what it says, and that's what Graham wrote in the description. So oh, good. those are your words. Yeah. Well, and accurate. So I guess a good place to start would be just what is that. Yeah, that's a question that I think desperately needs to be answered. Uh, We're finding that that is uh, uh, causing confusion among the folks that are most affected by it. So the Supporters of Maryland Brewing Pack is a political action committee. Um, It's a a, uh, legal entity that allows us to directly contribute funds to the campaigns of individual politicians. It's the only avenue that um, the brewers have to affect political outcomes in that way like bam can't for example and i was gonna say and that's because as a i assume bam is a 503c or I'm is pretty sure as as a however they are formed and operating they cannot legally make donations to right the structure says that packs and super yeah. packs are, are, are who can make donations and then so all the money that is going to go into politicians pockets has to go through packs all right so this was formed by, like, off to the side with BAM? Or is there no affiliation to BAM? It's just the member, because you're all brewers and members of BAM. Another you know, really good question. So okay. BAM, as, Great question. BAM as a legal entity created the pack. However, legally, BAM's board cannot operate the pack. Okay. There has to be independence between the two. So while BAM is its own entity, we also have... Um, myself as treasurer of the pack, and then Bill Skomsky from Antietam is the president of the pack, and Avery has come on as something of a, an events coordinator um, for us. I'm the legislative chair this year for BAM, so I offered to help out um, with our first sort of pack fundraising efforts. Um, to make sure no one gets thrown in jail. Yes, of course. <laughs> so the idea is that like... No, noble cause. Noble cause. Yes. Especially with this group. Joking. <laughs> so BAM can't contribute. But they can create a pack which can contribute, and BAM can't control the pack, but BAM started the pack. So it's confusing, but that's how it works. Because it's politics. It, yeah, already <laughs> it's required to be obtuse and tougher people to understand so that there's a leg up for somebody who gets it. Yeah. But at, at the very heart of it, um, as has a big light has shown uh, onto this the last couple of years, money talks in Annapolis. So this is... Um, 
Chris, your words, not mine. But, <laughs> but I would say that, you know, tale as old as time. You have to pay to play. And that's what the wholesalers and retailers have been doing. And it's all a public record. But if you look up and see what the wholesalers and retailers, for instance, have been giving various um, politicians, the numbers are really large. It's shocking. Shocking. So the best way for us to advance and move the ball is to raise money for the PAC so that we can likewise um, give donations to politicians who will help support our cause and also in the process educate them about why breweries are so beneficial to the state economy um, and all the reasons why breweries are great. I've also noticed that they get really mad when you point out who they've taken money from when their votes align with those people. <laughs> They definitely um, have been passionate, and it's interesting. Like they, it, what I'd say is that no one has even really like truly written any sort of press piece about it. But if you were, for instance, to Google any of the people who have strongly advocated against us, you would see that there there have been large political donations to those individuals from. Let me put it. Let me put it in these terms: the yeah. National Beer Holes. Wholesalers Association is the second largest pack in the country. So think of all the influences and causes that are out there, right? Yeah. And then consider that the National Beer Holders Association is the second largest pack in the country and in terms of funds. That's, that's impressive. It, well, it is impressive. <laughs> and, cer and certainly we're not saying that that's wrong because that's the system. We right. just need to learn how to play in that system. Yeah. And I think, you know, the first year we really made our mark two years ago, there was a belief that if the legislation made sense, of course it would pass. And yeah. that's what I love about um, the brewing community because we have that sort of positive attitude. And when we got slapped down and even there was like repeal action taken against existing laws, I think people were really confused <laughs> at like what happened. Well, if I, um, if I understood the testimony correctly in response, it's because none of you are grateful for what they oh allowed you. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm. uh, Sorry. So true. Yeah. So you don't true. understand that we basically built this industry. Yeah. You wouldn't be here without us. That yeah. I loved that comment. I also loved the guy who said um, that they uh, Maryland is 25th in craft breweries in the country. Therefore, yeah, good job us. Well, a, Everything's and I, fine. And I think that was, that was a good thing that um, you guys posted on um, – the fa your Facebook page giving the like looking Beer facts. behind yeah, yeah when you look behind dig into the statistics just a like maybe a layer one lower. thin layer it's not <laughs> even a thick layer yeah. just that 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 uh, their patting on the back was maybe not quite what they should have been trumpeting and if if you're given a statistic that ranks states it's a state by state comparison so already all states are not created equal right. Yeah. So California's huge, Vermont is tiny. You're not going to compare a number of breweries in those states because it doesn't make any sense. So you use the per capita numbers. Like, this is economics 101. This is not crazy math. I'm not twisting numbers to tell a story that is biased. Like, <laughs> So to walk out and be like, Maryland's 25th in breweries. Good job, everybody. Let's wrap it up. Like, yeah. <laughs> That makes no freaking sense. Well, and, then, and one of the things that was talked about a lot was how our neighbors to the south, Virginia, are pretty much the exact opposite of what Maryland's doing. And like, I, I'd seen the stories and read everything. I'm like, yeah, that's bad. They're actively attracting while we're scaring people away. Mm -hmm. um, and then I attended a conference that was sponsored by two um, tourism groups within Virginia 
that spent a ton of money to make sure that beer writers knew how friendly Virginia is to breweries. It, oh, yeah. it was phenomenal how closely aligned the these Virginia entities are with their brewing community. Well, no, and I think, you know, Mike Gill and uh, Maryland, Visit Maryland has been doing a good job to try to push um, beer in the state with February. And also, I think our governor has gone out on a limb. I mean, as far as he can go, he's obviously unable to propose legislation, but he has appointed a beer czar. He has actually gone out on his own Facebook page and supported beer reform. Um, when he's asked about it, he always says that he supports it and that it needs to happen. He came out for our grand opening and supported the industry right after the legislative session closed this past year. And so even when it, I guess, wasn't politically cool to do so, he stepped out and said, I support beer. I support Maryland manufacturing. So, yeah. um, so at the heart of what a PAC is, is a mechanism for fundraising. Correct. So is that all, is it just work as a funnel for... Well, the for the money, or the is it? The PAC raises the funds and then determines which uh, legislators are worthy of the hard raised funds. It's strategic, you know. Like, so it doesn't function like a bribe per se. Like, yeah, you're not yeah. saying here's two thousand dollars, vote for me. Yeah. But you have to consider that these politicians have to get reelected, right? So their campaigns have to be funded, and so when they're trying to decide like whose story am I going to hear I don't have time to hear from every constituent in the entire state and they start saying well this person's important because they've supported my campaign so I'm going to sit down and at least take a listen to what they have to say because you know this is important to them and you know I at least owe them an ear you yeah. know what I mean so the the less ugly way to look at it is that your <clears throat> those donations from anyone isn't a way to secure a vote or like a tit for tat type of donation. It's more of getting an audience. That, yeah. That this person like more of a, yeah, like you rise to the top of the noise that. That's that, an excellent uh, metaphor. That's yeah. how it's supposed to work. Now us complaining about the beer wholesalers being the second biggest pack. Obviously they rise higher above the noise yeah. than, than Their others. amplifiers a little better. Yeah. So, and that's what we're up against. That's why it's so important for us to be able to compete at all because we have been dead silent on that spectrum up until now. Well, and I mean, I think it's important to tell the truth, like because our pack is so new, we are not well-funded yet, right. which is why it's so critical in the next few years to educate our members about the pack, educate the general public who support brewery reform about the pack, so that we can be in a situation where we can try to like give meaningful donations to politicians and hopefully have a better chance of having our voices heard. And now you can accept donations from anyone, right? Correct. Cor corporations, individuals. Yes, uh, there are limits um, for individuals and for businesses, so you can't give unlimited funds. But yes, we can take money from. What are what are the limits? I'm I think sorry, it's six thousand. I question. think it's six thousand dollars for a business. For an individual, I have no idea. Okay. I haven't encountered that limit yet. I can tell you that. <laughs> We'd love to encounter that limit. Yes, though. I would love to find out what that limit is. Do you know? Do you know Graham? That seems like something you could potentially know. No, Graham doesn't know. Okay. Um, let's take a quick break to um, thank our sponsors who make what we do possible, and then we'll get back into this a little bit more, and then we'll talk about your event, which will go is a great way to help fund the pack. 
A huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Roast House Pub, which is located at 5700 Urbana Pike in Frederick, Maryland. If you have listened to this podcast before, you have definitely heard me go on and on about the beer dinners that Chef Nico creates. Simply put, they are amazing. But Roast House Pub has much more to offer. Their friendly staff is knowledgeable about beer and will help you choose from among the 20 beers they have on tap. In addition to the awesome beer selection, the food is always amazing. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and check their website at www.roasthousepub.com to keep up to date on their constant stream of events. And thank you to our supporting sponsor, Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions. Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions has been serving the craft beverage industry since 2012 and prides itself in helping their customers excel in a constantly growing industry. From concept to cooler, Caps offers solutions to your packaging needs, providing mobile bottling services, technical support, cake repair, rental bright tanks, and much more. It is their goal to help you grow your brand and your business and make your product stand out. Be different, look different. For more information, visit capsbottles.com. So the, first I'll apologize again for asking so many simplistic, simple (laughs) questions, but I think I may actually be your target audience for who the word needs to get out to. (laughs) Because I mean, actually until two years ago, starting doing this, I paid very little attention to politics whatsoever. Maybe a high-level cursory um, view so I knew who to vote for. And it was usually even just like a Frederick local uh, politician. So paying attention to donations and PACs and all that was not anything I ever thought I would do within my lifetime. But then Maryland started to hate breweries or i guess i mean it's a lot of hyperbole the legislators but, yeah the legislators yeah. um so is is it purely just donations directly to um to constituents or is it is there also not to constituents to the legislators or is it also lobbying efforts or is that purely in the bam realm that's in the bam realm okay completely different I mean, I do want to take a minute, though, to say that um, obviously the purpose of this, our new fundraising efforts, is to be in a situation to give money to more legislators and, like you said, be in an op- put ourselves in an opportunity where the our, the noise is being heard, our, our voices are being heard amongst the noise. But there were a lot of politicians who stuck their neck out for us this past session who we didn't have any money to give them, and they stuck yeah. their necks out anyway. So that's, that's actually... It, being able to pay back those people, like donate to their campaigns, et cetera, would be great. Yeah. they Like she said, we gave no money to a lot of folks who sponsored bills for us last year and stuck their necks out at a time when, like I said. Especially in Montgomery County, there were a lot of legislators yeah. who. And that's not um, exaggerating at all. No. Because it was a toxic yes. <laughs> subject in the last, like, for how vindictive it got, very personal. The, yeah, and it, it, it almost turned to a completely personal battle between the unfortunate people who wield a lot of power within the legislature and the people who were supporting breweries. Well, and the alcohol task force is a result of that toxic <clears throat> battle. The new alcohol task force. The new yeah, one. we not had to reform, reform on tap, but last the, year. Yeah. We get a new one again this year. Fun stuff. Different agenda, <laughs> however. Yeah. Much different agenda. Yeah. So so I think like that's that was it's not a, it's not an exaggeration at all to say that they those people that were support the legislators that were supporting 
BAM and the breweries were going against the power players in the legislature. No question. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and thank you to them again. So the, I guess let's let's talk about uh, VIB briefly. You can uh-huh. show the poster. Bunk. <laughs> so VIB uh, stands for a night of very important beers. The reason we call it VIB is because it's a night of very important beers. <laughs> um, we are having, is it 34? We have 34. 34 breweries coming out for this event. Um, each one's bringing two beers, uh, at least. And um, the vast majority of those are going to have either an owner or a brewer pouring the beer. So the experience is going to be very personal for the folks who come out. You're going to get a chance to interact with the difference makers at each of those each of those respective brewery tables. Um we're focusing on beers that are tough to come by. So, for example, uh, Saints Row Brewing Company is a nano down in Rockville by us. And as far as I'm aware, they haven't taken part in any festival to date. And they found this one um, valuable enough to donate two sixtals. So from folks across the state who aren't able to get out you know, to Goody Drive in, uh, in Rockville, you're going to be able to try Saints Row here and, and only here. And their, their beer is fantastic. Yeah, because so. I think they're only brewing like a sixth at a time, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think he's doing about two barrels yeah. at a time per and batch. So that, that beer is painstakingly made. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, painstakingly, very small batch, high-quality stuff. And great. Small and, batch. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's going to be available at, at our uh, at our festival. So it's a unique opportunity. And, and they're not the only ones that way. It's just an example I use. So a lot of really interesting beers, uh, an opportunity to meet a lot of folks who are influential in, in the culture of Maryland beer. Um, you can take home a really nifty looking glass. And uh, we have uh, Avery was able to bring on 12 different food sponsors who are going to be passing out food. It's included in tickets. So there's a huge amount of value um, for the purchase price of these tickets. In addition to the fact that that purchase price is going into the pack so we can finally have some, some meaningful influence over the political process and insert ourselves into the game that to this point we haven't even been playing so where where is it being held? It's at City Garage down in Port Covington. It's in the former Sagamore bottling space. So the space is really great, and thanks to the folks at City Garage, they've given us the space um, as a in-kind donation to the pack, which is incredible. We're very lucky. And like you said, for 34 breweries will be participating, um, 12 food sponsors. The food will be passed. Um, it's a limited number of tickets that are going to be sold, so it won't feel like a festival. It'll feel like a high-end event where you have access to the beers, you're not waiting in line, and we're not pouring sample peer- pours. We're, you know, pouring like full-size beers. So if you like something, you know, you can have a full size. If you want to taste as many as you want, you can ask for, you know, half a pour, et cetera. It's open season. It is open season. <laughs> I mean, I did the math. There's 34 breweries, and they're bringing each brewery is bringing two sixtals of two different beers. So it's a lot of beer for the number of people, number of tickets we're going to sell. So we really, you know, hope people will come and obviously drink responsibly. Of course. Um, I mean, but the nice thing I will say about those who are driving is City Garage has plenty of parking and it's right off the the highway. So easy to get to. How do people get tickets? Um, People get tickets by going on to Mission Ticks. And if you go on to this supporter of Maryland Brewing Pack Facebook page, there's a link to the ticket website. And how much are tickets? Tickets are $120. And like you said, they come with access to all of the great beers, the great food, a really special-looking commemorative glass, and then an opportunity to win four tickets to the Maryland Craft Beer Festival that will be a few weeks later in Canton. And food. 
and to help contribute to, if you're going to go to that, something you love. Absolutely. Or furthering the agenda. Well, of. no, and honestly, people are always asking me, like, how do I help? I really care about this. What do I do? This is an excellent way for you to help and come out and support it. And you're getting something for your dollars. You're yeah. not just stroking a check to the pack. Right. You're getting to come to this event, meet and mix and mingle with brewers and breweries that you enjoy. Um and hopefully be a great experience. There's also three bands that are going to play at the event. So, And I want to mention, too, that we are taking sponsorships from companies from that are, are uh, beer perimeter um, businesses. So, And you get tickets in kind for your, for your sponsorship. So you're basically purchasing a group of tickets and then getting social media marketing and, and shout-outs on our promotional materials um, as a bonus. So you mentioned writing a check. How can someone who just wants to say they can't make it to that, but they do want to support you, how can people donate to the pack? Well, people can write checks to the supporters of Maryland Brewing Pack, and I believe the information should be on Facebook on where it needs to be sent. There is a subpage on the um, uh, BAM website dedicated to the supporters of Maryland Brewing Pack and gives all the information about donating there. Okay. Yeah, I think it they, – do they have a link directly on there? I'm, I'm pretty sure if you just Google Friends of Maryland Beer, or no, I got that the wrong. The supporters of Maryland Brewing do, Pack. Where did I come up with this stupid friends thing? Well, <laughs> um, the supporters and friends yeah. are really the same thing, right? <laughs> I don't I don't know why I have that. But if you Google that, I believe it takes you directly to um, the About page mm-hmm. on um, MarylandBeer.org. Yeah. Which hopefully I said that correctly. You did say that correctly. All right, good. Score one for me. <laughs> Um, so actually, I didn't. May, I hope we didn't cover this. Um, how how long ago was the pack formed? It's it's fairly new, right? I think it was November of a year ago or two years. It's like a year or two old. Okay. We have almost no money at the moment. No <laughs> money. I mean, you know, f- I, I'm not kidding. Flat broke. The fact that we're able to pull off an event like this has really just been because we've had uh, met. Um, met incredible people who are willing to give their time and their services, their food, whatever they can offer as in-kind contributions to the pack to try to make this work. That's not the only reason why Avery has kicked massive amounts of butt getting all these people on board. Like she is spending more time on this than I, you know, I don't, I don't know how you sleep. My friend called me a social bully. Um, (laughs) um, Lots of bullying, uh, lots of not being afraid to take no for an answer and lots of, and I want to touch on this, lots of, I personally in my life have, I give out lots of favors. It's a favor factory and you never know when you might need something. And I've called in a lot of personal favors to try to make this work. But I think it's important to note that breweries are, are incredibly charitable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know just speaking from Waverly, like we get countless requests to give beer to charity a day. And we rarely, if ever, turn anyone away. And that is across the board with almost every brewery. Well, uh, that's one of those things, like there are very few businesses as a whole that when you go to that business website, that they have a special form on requesting donations. Like that's something I've noticed, like for how many brewery websites I look at, like the number of them that have a way for you to request a donation from that brewery is astounding. We get a remarkable number of requests for beer for all kinds of different charitable events and causes. And and this is, you know, we're not 
because of the laws being what they are right now, none of us are rolling in the dough from this industry yet. And so we're giving away this beer at a personal at a loss. And we're doing it because we love our communities and we want to support our communities. And now it's our turn to say to all the people that we ever gave beer to, and it, imagine all the breweries in the state and how much beer they've given away, please <laughs> come and buy a ticket to our event. I, that, that reminds me of a quote from your business partner, Greg. Um, <laughs> um, He's a and, quote machine, by the way. I, I think you're with me, Graham. We were at Monument City and talking to Greg and Ken. And they, they were saying that um, no one that you don't get into you don't open a brewery to make a lot of money he's like I haven't made a lot of money but I've made a lot of beer and just, <laughs> <laughs> there's just no it's a labor of yeah. love like the people who are in this industry love beer love making beer love the community that surrounds beer I mean it's a really it's a special community of people that are involved in this industry that's what drives us is sharing beer I mean ultimately if you were to boil it down to one single statement like what is what do brewers love to do share beer speaking of sharing beer and let's let's stop talking about politics for one second let's talk about what we're drinking because this ah. is absolutely delicious it thank really you. is delicious thank you this is haze babe it's a hazy new england style ipa from my brewery at true respite um we used literally zero bittering hops um this is double dry hopped with matueka azaka and wakatu hops so it's like a delicate tropical blend. Um, no harsh lingering bitterness. There uh, really isn't any bitterness at all. Yeah. It's delicious. And this is one of the hoppiest beers we've ever brewed, but just wow. the way we treated them. Like you What's just, the ABV on that one? This one is 7.2, I think. 7.1, Woof. <laughs> <laughs> It'll jump up and bite you if you yeah. let it. I've only had a little bit of it. Just a tiny sip <laughs> for you. We have the goats here, too. We do. Um, yeah, Greg wanted to make sure that you got your, some Gre goat. Greg knows my affinity towards goat. Towards the goat, yep. Because it is absolutely delicious. What do we have? We have pe double peach. We have double blueberry by yeah, special because, request. You know, you might as well make it a double. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason to stick with a single. Yeah, it's... the the blueberry is my favorite, although the peach is really good too. Super peachy. Peach beer is really good. It it's, I feel like it's a hard... Um, Speaking as someone who knows next to nothing about brewing, um, <laughs> a hard flavor to really nail in a beer. But when a brewery gets it right, it is really good. I haven't had the peach one yet. Well, good. I'm glad I brought you something so you I'll, haven't had. I will um, I reserve judgment for the peach okay, one. Excellent. But I know the single blueberry was phenomenal. Yeah, the so doubles, I mean, taste. I, I'm assuming that's going to be twice as good. It actually tastes the same, so it's still excellent, but just, you know, twice the impact. So, I mean, this is a little bit outside of um, the specific pack discussion. So if we don't want to get into that, it's fine. Uh, and just say so. But what, what would you say is the number one issue that needs to be addressed this coming legislation, legislative session? For hmm. brewery reform? Yeah, for brewery reform. Well, you know, we actually sent out a survey to our members, and I'm not familiar with, like, the absolute, like, details of where all the numbers fell in, but I knew that um, – I know that franchise was something that was at the top. So that's, I mean, we haven't made any decisions about what we're going to do in this session yet. We're waiting to see what happens with the alcohol task force. And, you know, we want to be very measured about how we approach this session, given what's happened the last two years. Um, franchise laws, if you're not familiar, franchise laws are what dictate the terms of breaking contracts once you've signed with a distributor. Yeah. 
So um, they're very, very, very strict in Maryland in favor of the wholesalers. And uh, I, I've talked, I think, on a few podcasts and a whole lot today, uh, making the wholesalers sound evil. And I do want to take a second and say that their role is absolutely necessary. Because well, in, in from a certain standpoint, franchise law makes 100% sense from their, for them. Well, for I, them, in, yeah, in of course. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> even from your side of it, because, but not directly to craft brewers, because... You're going to have to explain I, yourself here. Yeah, because it, it sounds like I'm going against everything that craft beer fans believe. But and I believe BAM has even made the argument, and that's why they're, they settled on the provision for a barrel limit on franchise law. Because if, say, um, Coors Miller or someone mm-hmm. was no longer beholden to franchise law, and then could just walk away from a distributor, even though they own parts of most of them. That would be that, dev- would, that, would, that would put that distributor out of business. Entirely. So I think but in that relationship... i got to ask you, though, what other industry do you not have to compete in order to stay in business? How much sense does that make? Well, you need, we need yeah, to... That's I mean, true. I mean, just we, we are... Uh, there's a lot of... Um, in, in the newspaper industry, <laughs> where they're like very large chunks of... Revenue come from a single company, and they yeah. have nothing beholden to them to so not walk the away. The idea so that yeah, protectionist law is good to, for industry because it protects the businesses who already have, co- like, no competition is what capitalism thrives on. I don't. And he's exactly right. And there can't you can't. It's the idea of an unbreakable contract. There there's no like end game or out clause. Well, so if it's the, breakable. Just, it's just you're they're not going to sell any of your beer for what. 180 days. They're going to sue you. I mean, it might be breakable, but very rarely are any of these contracts broken. Okay. I mean, the, most of the time you're you're stuck. And if the distributor says, you know what, I know you really feel strongly about this peach sour, but we don't like it and we're not going to sell it, you're stuck with that decision. SOL. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I guess I just don't... I'm trying to figure out the best way to say it um i guess i more or less don't care if large breweries can't break their franchise agreements that because no i understand if, what you're saying you're yeah, saying like that for the small there should be a cap on yeah. that if breweries that produce below a certain number should absolutely be able to break up yeah, with I a distributor like the ca- so the that compromise, is something that's something that that's has been dis- that's yeah. something that's been discussed yeah. well you know? i think that was that was in the franchise law uh bill put or the franchise law bill put in by by the Brewers Association, wasn't it? it was there was one, like I mean, a, there were so many bills put in yeah, last year, but it, it, um, it was, definitely was. I mean, I don't remember what the exact... Um, it was like, it was a huge number of barrels. Yeah, I think like it was like 300. Or no, I think it was 300. 300 I think it was, which may as well be millions for From my most, perspective. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's like with any sort of negotiation, you go big hoping you'll compromise yeah. for something less. It was raised because Flying Dog was in danger of growing to the point where it was going to affect them. Yeah. And they're yeah. a local Maryland brewer. So, you know, I do know that that limit was raised. So I think you're right. It was in the hundreds of thousands, not the millions. Which I, and I think that, I think that is a good compromise because it, I, I don't think it makes sense to be holding a true respite or a Waverly to a distributor who you may have that you had thought at one time was going to have your best interests in place. Turns out they end up not and aren't trying to sell your beer. However, then you have no recourse. Yeah. You, you just you're 
they can, stuck in a contract. They and can choose not to prioritize you. They can yeah. have poor quality practices, and you have they have six months to give you an update on what they plan to do to fix it. Six months. Before any action even has to be taken. I mean, you could be bankrupt in that time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and all your re, all your retailers who you're selling to are saying, well, True Respite beer shows up dirty and late. Like, I'm not buying True Respite anymore, and you're done. And we have no recourse in that. And uh, imagine for a second that I have choices between a big beer house, which when I'm small is not going to pay attention to me, or a small one that focuses on craft stuff that can't grow with me or won't grow with me. So I also have that growing pain of like, how do I grow with my distributor? I'm, 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 I'm restricted by their ability and willingness to grow with me if they so desire. And so there are so many ways that we are almost slaves to the, the wholesalers. And like I said, their, their jobs are absolutely necessary. No one moved out here from Denver to open a brewery <laughs> and a trucking business. I don't yeah. have any interest in that. But it should be up to me and, 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 and uh, Avery to decide when the moment is right to move to third-party wholesale and then when their services aren't meeting our needs. Choose somebody who's going to do better for us so that the relationship is mutually beneficial. With the appropriate restrictions on termination, like terminating the contract, you, there would need to be cause. Like you can't just, yeah. you know. Sure. I don't want to put wholesalers out. They're owned by small families too in some cases. And like I'm not about punishing people. I just want fairness. Correct. What is the um, – and, and part of when you talk about franchise law is – the, there, there's a barrel limit on how much you can self-distribute, correct? Correct. And it depends so, by license, too. It's Maryland is complicated. <laughs> so, But when you talk about franchise law reform, that comes into play with it also, right? They are, they are indirectly related. Okay. So there are caps on how much you can produce under a given license, which says nothing of distribution. There are also caps per license about how much you can distribute yourself without using a wholesaler at all. Uh, and that changes by license. And then once you are forced to use a wholesaler, then franchise law says that it's almost impossible to break your contract. So the trick is you can either infinitely increase the self-distribution limit to say you never have to use a wholesaler, but once you do, you can't break the contract. Or you can reform franchise law to say, okay, you do have to use a wholesaler early, but at least they have to compete for your business. Okay. And you can swap. So it's indirectly related, but they are related. Yeah, because I... I I was surprised by the answer. That's not what I would have thought was the, I don't mean, I guess I don't know what I would have thought was the number one issue going into the next legislative session, but I wouldn't, I, I was kind of surprised that that was the first one, but hearing more about it, that does make sense that it, it being such a sticky. The reason that Maryland brewers are not creating the economic impact here that brewers in other states are is because our growth is impeded by the, by the system in, in which we grow. So we need less restrictions on growth. That's, that's really what franchise law and self-distribution limits do and, and production caps. They limit growth. They don't limit your ability to open a brewery. They limit your ability to grow a brewery from small to big. Now, um, switching back to what a pack can actually do and wh where, it, where the, what a pack can do and what an advocacy advocacy group can do are you as able to like give a punch list of f beer friendly legislators or is that bam's responsibility to do it's definitely not bam's responsibility we can do it 
I think Bam can do it too. Okay. Anybody can speak who's doing the right thing. I mean, yeah. that's just free speech. That's not money. Yeah, correct. I mean, because I, I feel like that that would be a very helpful thing for voters going into um, knowing who has supported. Yeah, going yeah. into voting. So especially in key. Elections. elections yeah um, who who is friendly who has been I've seen that post come out for at least the House Economic Matters Committee from I think Len Foxwell or possibly on Comptroller Francho's page I mean that score sheet is out there to say check, oh yeah I mean check mark voted yeah. with the Brewers yeah X, I went voted against I went through and yeah. posted that all too but yeah. like that's right but, I may but, have seen it on your page but, actually but that I mean that was just simply a rundown of how each person voted and not all of them are up for re-election sure. I don't believe so sure. like in the actual next election, yep. a rundown of in each race, yep. like who, who That's is idea. foe, who is friendly. Mm-hmm. That's something we can put on our Facebook page. Definitely. Yeah. So I have just barely created our social media presence. <laughs> we have two posts out right now, but I promise there's You're on more. a roll. Yeah, <laughs> on a roll. There's more content coming, um, and it will be. We'll, we're going to highlight at the at Mer- at MD Beer Pack. Well, no, and honestly, Twitter, if you Instagram, don't, Facebook. Uh, uh, if you aren't already liking our Facebook page, please do. Yeah. That way, you can stay informed on up-to-the-minute updates on brewery reform. So this information is going to be coming out via those avenues. And what, what's the name of it one more time that you could search for? Because I'll say it wrong. <laughs> At MD Beer Pack. Okay. And the Facebook page is supporter of Maryland Brewing Pack, right? Yes. Supporters of Maryland Brewing Pack. That's yeah. the long form name. The Twitter, the Facebook like shorthand handle is at Maryland Beer Packs. So oh right, okay. MD Beer Pack. So, Got it. Yeah. Which I found for some reason, sometimes Facebook just refuses to find that. Yeah. Like really? when you're tra- yeah when you're trying to tag thing places and posts like there you like you will type out exactly what the the short form name for the page is and it just refuses to make it so that it can be tagged that's because i hate facebook <laughs> and that may be why because yeah. you know that about me it's actively working yeah. against you he says while well, he streams on facebook yeah. <laughs> well on youtube also and they're not against me and twitter yet yet yeah yet, yet. <laughs> all right so Let's give one more rundown of all the information, and oh, I, before that, is there anything else you want to cover? I think we. I mean, we. I think, I think we've so. done a good job of explaining. You've what... been an excellent host. Thank yes. you. And you've I asked appreciate really that. thoughtful questions. You've so asked the you. perfect questions because these are the questions that the folks on the other side of that camera are going. Why do I care? Why does this matter? And that's really like a huge. Like, yes, we're trying to pitch VIB. Like that is the primary avenue for us fundraising for the pack and going to make the biggest influence for us, but. Before people even decide to buy tickets, they keep asking themselves, why do I care? Yeah. And that's the question we're trying to answer today. So thank you. You've done a great job helping guide us through that process. Well, you're welcome, and I appreciate you coming in to talk about it. Yeah. Because I also wanted to know why. I mean, I had a vague idea why, but I also— <laughs> I feel like no. you're, de- you're more knowledgeable than you admit. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'm a good actor. Very good actor. <laughs> so let's give—if there's nothing else we need to cover, um, let's give one more rundown of— how to support, where to support, and dates, times, tickets, all that information. Well, the event is October 6th at City Garage in Baltimore City. Um, the tickets are being sold on Mission Ticks. You can find the link on our Facebook page. Um, the time is 7 to 10. Ticket price, $120. As already stated, lots of value to that ticket price. 
Unlimited food, unlimited beer, beautiful so glassware, mu- commerce. So, so much beer. <laughs> so much beer. More so beer much than beer. we will ever possibly drink. From all over the state. So it's an opportunity for you to come and drink beer from all over the state. And if you go to MarylandBeer.org, and I'll link directly to this too, um, hover above About BAM. The first option is Supporters of Maryland Brewers Pack, and that gives all the information for donating and further information of what the pack is and what it's doing. That's right. And if you can't buy a ticket and come to our event, feel free to write a check. We like your checks too. And that page tells you tells everyone how to do that in That's a right. very convenient way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you can contribute directly from the page there if you go all the way down to the bottom. I do think you're right. I think there's an internet uh, <laughs> web option. Let's look. Uh, no. Actually, there is something I'd like to add. Um, one of the biggest holdups I had about being involved with the PAC from the beginning is like the ethical or moral side of the role of money in politics. That's something that really made me gnash my teeth. So like Avery covered earlier that these are the rules of the game and these are the rules we have to play by, which is 100% true. But for me personally, I hated that these are the rules. You know, the, the role of money in politics has evolved over time. And so when I was asked to be treasurer of the PAC, I had to spend a lot of time thinking about that because it was like, I hate the idea that PACs have to exist. You know what I mean? And so I have taken my role as treasurer um, very seriously because it's important to me to make sure that everything stays above board, that we're doing things the right way, uh, that we play by the rules, and that there is no expectation of quid pro quo, that I'm not advocating irresponsibly for things that are tangential or unrelated to the PAC at all, that the money that goes into the PAC here is being taken care of by somebody who is cynical about the process in the first place. <laughs> so, and I, I think that's an important thing to make because I have the best interests of the beer industry at heart. Uh, I don't like the process, but I hate losing and I'm willing to play the game. So that's that's where I come from as as treasurer of the pack. And I think that's an important message to get that out there. That was very, very well said, by the way. Thank Perfectly you. said. And I think the way you said it earlier, too, is, uh, was a great characterization of the craft beer industry where you, I can't remember the exact words, but it had to do with like just being optimistic that the right thing will be done. And everyone I've met, like that's like that's the impression I get, that like everyone just well, feels no, like, and, and I don't I, want to be involved in this It'll ultimately of, work out. And I don't, yeah. I mean, none of us unfortunately want to be involved in the this system. Like I feel the same ways, the exact same way that you do, but, um, it is what it is until a massive overhaul. This is the system that right. we have, and you know we need to do the best within that system. And really, the only way we can do that is to start raising money so that we can try to effectuate the change that we need, so that breweries can grow and thrive in Maryland. And I think that is the perfect place to end because that's <laughs> what we need to do. Yes, uh, we've told you how to help do it. So on that note, thank you everyone for watching and listening. Thank you too for Thanks coming in. Thanks so much in. for having us. Cheers. And cheers. cheers. And thank you for the goat. I'm sorry we didn't get to drink oh, it now, okay. but I will definitely enjoy it later. We're about to dive into this in a minute. I'm not leaving without some <laughs> goat. Excellent. <laughs> thank you so much. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.